You know, I, I, mm. the sort of my sort of guiding principle in terms of comedy to the extent that I have one has always been like smart takes on dumb things, dumb takes on smart things, you know, right. uh, make the big small and make the small big. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, I like a friend of mine before I even started doing comedy, like he, he referred to my sense of humor as, uh, this is very pretentious, but it's always stuck with me. He preferred he, he referred to it as social autopsy, uh, which is like, why was that interaction awkward? What yeah. are people really like when people say things? What are they really saying? You know, when mm. people say that when they say they have an opinion, what are they really saying? Like like that kind of taking apart that kind of thing. And so sometimes that sort of take takes on a political slant. Yeah. You know? Um, I would rather talk about sort of cultural issues. Like, I don't necessarily mm. want to be like, have you heard about this bill? You know, like, I don't want to have like a. Why? Hello there. Hey, why? So why? Sorry, I don't know what that weird <laughs> voice I was just doing there. It's a new character I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. How's that going? <laughs> Not so good. Not so good based on that uh, that initial uh, launch. <laughs> that was you like I was testing it out. I do I test out characters on podcasts, is what I do. Why? Hello there. <laughs> That's... That's a, I don't even know. Was that like transatlantic accent? What accent? Was I don't that? know what that was. I like old radio guy, like, you know, or, or kind yeah. of, you know, but a little foppish, you know, why? Hello there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> foppish. <laughs> foppish isn't said enough. I feel like that's a good word. I agree. I agree. I like fop. Uh, I'm trying to bring back the word lout. Ooh. Like that guy's a lout. Yeah, that's a great uh, insult. You should scream I feel like in traffic. It's a perfect combination of somebody who's not just stupid, but also an asshole at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like somebody who's like, uh, uh, like that kind of guy. Absolutely. Like that dude's a lout. He's a lout. Oh, there's so many louts around right now. Yeah. It's perfect time. We are in the back. age of the lout right now. You could even say. <laughs> louts are on the ascendancy. They're on the rise in this country. That'd, that's like one of those things I feel like Homer Simpson would be looking up in the dictionary and he would find a picture of himself like, oh, hey, <laughs> hey, oh. Um, so how you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. I mean, I feel like uh, I'm I'm booking gigs and things seem good. So that's um, that's always helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Irish say uh, I am blessed with work is what oh, they say. Yeah, um, I am not blessed with work, but uh, I mean, oh. less, <laughs> less than I would prefer. Oh, um, I agree. Yeah. But yeah, but it's it's uh it's entering that time of year where it's just like summer as a comedian oh, yeah. is always a bit of a you know you have to kind of just remind yourself it's just summer, it, dude. Exactly. But that's how sad this is. I'm not. I I I may, probably made it sound like I've got like a shit. Ton of, I've got summer work, but I'm happy because I had nothing for yeah. Ever. So Sounds now I'm just like nothing. A four gigs? Hell yeah! yeah. For three, but you know whatever. Thankfully, uh, I put away those millions of dollars I made at VH1. And, uh, <laughs> that's to... <laughs> I loved you. You were you were one of my favorites when you were on that show, man. Um, my friends and I would watch it all the time. And we always thought you had like the best, clever, quick lines on that show. Oh, thanks, man. You know, it's 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 strange because in some ways I feel a weird survivor's guilt about that show. Uh, <laughs> just because when I look at everything that's kind of happened to the culture since, mm -hmm. like not so much any particular former presidents but uh right. but just like the sort of the, the the way the culture has kind of like everything feels like sort of celebrity snark now I, you yeah. know you know what i mean and so sometimes i feel like oh my god were we like patient zero for that like <laughs> was best week ever did, did we cause this <laughs> you right. know uh which the answer is probably Probably right. Probably. I know it's kind of weird to look at things like that too, because I think about like uh, I, I've, always, I've been talking to people on this uh, podcast a lot, just about like you know the perception of comedy and comedians and like what our role turned out to be. And I think like let me see if you agree with this, right? Because sure. you know there's the Daily Show, and obviously before the Daily Show with John Stewart, Bill Maher had Politically Incorrect, and then before that there was like a couple, maybe like one or two other political talk shows or something like that. But I think 
when the daily show hit and this isn't their fault at all but i think like people latched onto it in a way and realized you could use comedy to kind of get what you wanted politically like if you kind of use it as a weapon right you know what i mean and i don't yeah. even think that was comedians design it was just like first of all i think we were psyched that anybody was paying attention to us regardless so if we were making sure. it into newsweek or we were like fuck yeah whatever's selling tickets you know and then i think uh it started to get to a point where it was like when we just started telling jokes and it didn't matter, we didn't have any real political allegiance, maybe, you know what I mean? They're not yeah, necessarily yeah. in our stand up, whatever they were like, Oh no, 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 you can't. We've, we've aligned ourselves with you. You're not allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Does that, well, in some, in certainly it's, you know, the, the podcast culture has definitely had that effect too. And I think especially yeah. a lot of, you know, the, the kind of the culture wars that are kind of going on within comedy, which is a microcosm of everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of it is pandemic based, you know, because because it used yeah. to be that like, you know, a comedian who is kind of more liberal and a comedian is more conservative. You'd still have to be in the same green room together. You know what I mean? You'd have to interact. You'd have to perform for the same crowds. Right. And so there would be that sort of like almost guardrails. Whereas when everything shut down and everything became about just, you know, talking into your Yeti microphone uh, <laughs> to. And what works in a podcast forum, you know, is obviously not the same that what works in stand up. Right. And so people started leaning in to just pure provocation. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's weird now being back in the clubs. There's a I wouldn't say it's a hostile, but it doesn't feel mm. like, oh, we're all kind of compatriots. Anyway, it doesn't really feel like that to me. anymore. No, I know. I can't. I, I've, I've been in a few of those green rooms where you're like, oh, man, I don't know what they watch. And I and I'll, you'll see somebody that is like one of those mouthpieces and you're like, yeah, fuck, man, I don't know what to say. And, and uh, you know, you see somebody who like, you know, maybe you've had a awkward Twitter, Twitter interaction with or has, you know, you, you've seen the kind of people that they've retweeted and you're like, oh, I didn't know you were that. Yes. Uh, yeah. And a lot of dudes who were not political, not political. Right. All of a sudden, kind of like you were saying, it's like all of a sudden they're on, you know, hosting shows on Fox radio and it's like, yeah. oh, OK, I guess you're a pundit now. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh, God, it's brutal. I did, I've never I, heard you say anything smart, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's weird, too, because I feel like we all, like, the purity of it is, like, we all want to just do stand-up and tell fucking jokes, and because that market yeah. was so saturated and kind of didn't go anywhere, you know, or, or still really is not going anywhere, it's like, well, we'll take whatever avenue you can get. You want me to be on, you know, I'll be a Fox yeah. and fuck it, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, like, and I'll, you know, and, and whatever. It's like, you want me to be pro this or anti this or or angry about this or, or making fun of this, like whatever, you know, I think it's true of all comedians. I don't, I don't separate myself from this, but mm -hmm. you know, I think there are a lot of comedians that it's like, if, if the audience screamed and laughed just for me stomping my foot, that's all I would ever do because that's, <laughs> I'm getting the reaction I want. And therefore, you know, whatever, I don't have any stake in this. It's like, whatever yeah. makes you laugh is what I'm going to do. And, um, you know, it is what it is. That's true, though. No, absolutely. It's weird. Like, um, I was uh, I talk about the Twitter interactions thing. So tomorrow I'm hosting. Uh, I'm going to be one of the interviewers on a red carpet event at the um, um, fucking Swedish consulate. Um, you know, yeah. classic, typical gig. You know, I was just going to say there is no <laughs> Who books that. Oh. I, <laughs> it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, as a comedian, there's places we definitely don't belong, but sometimes we wind up in. And that's kind of the funny thing <laughs> yeah. to me. Consulate is yes. one of them. Yes, yes absolutely. Any consulate. I really. mean, like I had a I, I, dude, I bought like a suit. It's so stupid. But I um, but I'm excited. You know, we're doing whatever. But one of the people that's going to be on the red carpet is Andrew Yang. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, yeah, two weeks ago, I kind of tweeted at him and maybe said and I was like, there's no way like he's going to be like, are you the guy? You know what I mean? But I was kind of like, fuck, that's weird as shit. Like, yeah, I, potentially. I you say. never know. Yeah, yeah you right. never know. And you do have a very recognizable look. So who's to say? That uh, is true. Yeah, it's it's in it's like a cross between like a, a like a seventies police sketch of somebody who's missing. You know what I mean? Where they're like, sure. we don't know where this guy is, but we think he looks <laughs> like this. You know. I remember when I was at like the height of Best Week Ever. I um, I went on an audition for something, and uh, this guy who kind of looked familiar to me mm -hmm. uh, was at the audition, and he kept staring at me, and I didn't know why. And then he finally walked up to me and he said, hey, man, you were making fun of me last week. And I was like, I was? He's like, yeah, on TV. Oh, I was shit. like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I played Robin Williams in the made-for-TV Robin, Mork, and Mindy movie. 
Oh uh, and it was that guy, Chris Dementopoulos, who has gone yeah. on to be on like Silicon Valley. And he's great. And luckily, he was totally cool about it. Like he understood the distinction, you know, sure. I was making fun of him specifically. I mean, I think that the joke I said was like, and this is, you know, before Robin Williams passed away. Mm -hmm. So what he was kind of open season. But I said, you know, like the guy who played Robin Williams, like really captured his essence. I mean, I was genuinely annoyed. Uh, you know, or so, something like that. Is, did you say that because I'm wearing a Robin Williams shirt? Because that is. I hilarious. did not even see that. I did not I, even see that. <laughs> I never. I usually wear a Dystopia Tonight shirt just for the fucking brand. You know, the whole thing. And then mm. for whatever reason, I was like, ah, I'll just put on this shirt, and then whatever. That's hilarious. It must. Yeah, it must have seeped in. That's like, great you know, though. I also thought that was really shitty though. I remember when that came out, and I think I I thought the same shit because it's I don't I don't understand why would you like that's one of those guys that I feel like you don't need to make a real like when no, he wasn't dead. First of all, there's nothing worse than seeing somebody do an imitation of a comedian. Oh, like God. because it's you know there's nothing worse like when you see impressionists like com com comedy impressionists impressionate impressionate that's not the word uh, impersonate. Uh, <laughs> other comedians is always like okay so you're just repeating that comedian's jokes yeah like to the funny thing is to do an imitation of somebody who's not funny right y you know what i mean like but yeah. like seeing some comedian do a chris farley impression like that doesn't i've never understood that absolutely yeah it only worked with like people were trying to be lenny bruce and you're like oh because that was like a real story there and some substance and whatever the hell it was you know what i mean like it i wasn't, guess like, yeah it was even so that removed. i can't imagine yeah i don't know but... yeah it was yeah i mean maybe because i don't know like i didn't like i remember just seeing Dustin Hoffman as Lenny Bruce. And I was like, okay. Right. Because I didn't, I don't think I actually saw Lenny Bruce at the time. I remember, you know, I mean? you know, this is such a uh, kind of a postmodern bullshit thing. But uh, when I was a kid, I used to entertain my parents by doing a Jimmy Durante impression, like early Hollywood. But I didn't, I'd never seen Jimmy Durante. What right. I was doing is an imitation of Bugs Bunny doing a Jimmy Durante impression. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like, I just used to go, like, you dirty rat. No, no that's a James Cagney, rather. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, have no i had no idea what i was saying or who i was imitating or but you know yeah that's true i think mine used to be uh dana carvey's um jimmy stewart yeah exactly yeah because yeah. <laughs> then i realized i can't really do it i'm just doing dana carvey doing jimmy stewart it's so fucking weird yeah um the uh what do you think of like so uh, you know with with comedians and stuff like that i feel like i don't know where you fall along like do you feel the need to say something like when you're like because everybody seems to be you know having not having a point of view we all have points of view you know what i mean and i feel like if it's natural and it works into our set that's fine but like when you go on to these shows and stuff like that do you feel the pressure to like you know I don't really feel say pressure. something pressure i i feel for me i mean i've always felt like i needed a mix you know i i mm. the sort of my sort of guiding principle in terms of comedy to the extent that i have one has always been like smart takes on dumb things, dumb takes on smart things, you know, right. uh, make the big small and make the small big. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I, I like a friend of mine before I even started doing comedy, like he, he referred to my sense of humor as, uh, this is very pretentious, but it's always stuck with me. He preferred, he, he referred to it as social autopsy, uh, Ooh. which is like, why was that interaction awkward? What yeah. are people really like when people say things, what are they really saying? You know, when mm. people say that when they say they have an opinion, what are they really saying? Like, like that kind of taking apart that kind of thing. And so sometimes that sort of take takes on a political slant. Yeah. You know? um, I would rather talk about sort of cultural issues. Like I don't necessarily mm. want to be like, have you heard about this bill? You know, like I don't want to have like a <laughs> red, white and blue tie and stuff like that. Which right, is right hilarious yeah. because i don't you know not, i'm not here to shit talk but it's like there's a comedian now who's you know very stridently kind of anti-liberal you know like like but leftist whatever and uh sure. and it's like i remember when you had a red white and blue tie on and you had like like a flag and like what's up with this congress you know and so <laughs> you trying to play mr counterculture now is a little hilarious to me but. yeah absolutely i feel like I'll, i used to be um not that I'm not anymore, but I, I, I watched Bill Maher when I was younger. I, I liked Politically Incorrect. I liked his uh, couple stand-up specials or whatever. And I'm, I don't know why I'm stunned. I'm not stunned necessarily, but like I'll watch his shit now. And I'm like, what happened to you? It's yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I was a huge fan of that show mm -hmm. more than him. Uh, I think it's a great, I love the format of that show. Yeah. Like I like that the, the conversations, like there's a better chance of an organic real conversation on that show than on other shows of that type right um 
and I like the format of it. I like the new rules. Like I, I like, I just liked the way the show was laid out. And I always kind of thought he was a bit corny. But yeah. a, a couple of those stand up stand up <clears throat> specials, a couple like ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Yeah, be I more cynical. Yeah, be yeah, more cynical I, I appreciate and, uh, it as sort of yeah. works of art. You know, like all right, you yeah. have a you have a premise. You know, with the one where you had all the graphics in the background. I don't remember yes, which one that uh, was. Yes, Victory Begins at Home. Yeah, and so I was like, all right, you're trying to do something. Like I, I appreciate that. But yeah. man, it's like did that dude curdle? Like oh. he he got old so quick and <laughs> and all the all the stuff that he said he used to care about doesn't seem to come up anymore. Like no. now that he's kind of like best friend of the sort of intellectual dark web types, like yep. you never hear him talk about animal rights anymore. Nope. Like you never hear him talk about like gay rights. It's it's all just cancel culture, cancel culture, which is just Absolutely. so fucking boring. Yeah. So boring. I, I've never seen a guy of his. I mean, when you think about it, he's been in show business for 40 something years. He doesn't need to pander to anybody, even anybody coming up. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. just, he's, he's made his, his money. He's on HBO, one of the biggest networks, you know, in, in ever. Um, yeah. But yet I see him like, you know, the first time he went on Joe Rogan, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then I heard that he invited himself on and I was like, oh, that's fucking weird as shit. And then I was like, oh, this guy's gunning for an audience he thinks he deserves and doesn't have. and yeah. wants to be seen being with the cool. Like he always just reminds me now of like a nerd who was like really hurt and then got invited to the jock party shit. And it was just like, they you love know, me. I have always had this dumb theory that, you know. Everything is always billed as jocks versus nerds. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is a false binary. The fight has always been between jocks and drama, drama club kids. Ooh. And the nerds were a swing group. Like Ooh. the nerds could go either way. Yeah, <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? I totally and that's kind that, of yeah. like at different points in culture, like around when Obama got elected, when when tech was was sort of more on the Democratic side, mm -hmm. like nerds kind of went left. And now nerds are hard going hard right. And uh like, you know, so, so yeah, I've, I've never sort of implicitly or at least not in the last 10 years implicitly thought that like nerds were like oppressed. Uh, you know, I, I my my older brother was uh, like he used to have D&D &D in my house oh, yeah. every oh, yeah. Friday night and he was a, a LARPer, you oh, know, uh, before that. before that was kind of cool. You know what right. that is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and his he was nice, but his Dungeons and Dragons friends were jerkier than the jerkiest jocks in my school. Like they yes. were rude. They were self-centered. They were loud and just like they were bullies. They were just oh my bullies God. without social skills. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> that is so fucking hilarious, man. It is a social thing too, because one of my, one of my best friends, we were moving into a, an apartment together years ago. Uh, we lived together for like a really long time. Um, and he invited over two of his like super, super fucking nerdy friends from college. Same kind of thing. D and D crowd or whatever. They were total dicks. To yeah. me, like to look at them, you would be like, they seem docile and somewhat pure. And then, like, they were as they were like, as we were moving in, they just kept like being really shitty and shitting on people. And we were like, is that like a defense mechanism? Because none of us have said anything to you yet. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Some of it's a defense mechanism. And some of it I genuinely do think is is a uh, a social an absence of some gene, some social yeah. skill like, you know, and, and this is I don't want to sound whatever. uh neuronormative or whatever whatever the, the word is to oh, you know yeah. I, I don't want to uh a lot of times you know with the whole elon musk thing which is of course another yeah sewer to swim around in right is that you know nobody really wants like you wouldn't have a blind guy fly your plane so maybe somebody who has admitted social deficiencies yeah. maybe we shouldn't put him in charge of like the biggest you know, inter Social socially platform. interactive platform in the world. Like maybe Agreed. that's a bad idea. No, I hear you. Yeah. But, I always think of the same thing where like, I don't understand where this, I, you know, I don't know if it seeped into the culture like 10 years ago or when it actually fucking started, but it's that thing of like how Twitter feeds into itself and all the same type of people feed like they don't, they don't see or hear from anybody else. As far as I, it doesn't look like it anyway. Right. Yeah. They all just get their information over there. So it seems weird to me that you would go, man, I'm riddled with fucking anxiety. Hey, person who's hiding under a desk, how do you handle anxiety? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, and then they're like, oh, I don't. I just stay under this desk. And they're like, and then it just feeds back into itself. And I'm like, man, I, I don't get how that's supposed to be. You know, but I'm no better. I'm no better. Like, you know, I, I tried for a long time to make sure that my Twitter feed was full of people I disagreed with and, and you know, yeah. to get different viewpoints and stuff. And then I would just find myself just getting angry. And I'm like, this is not what I'm here for. Right. It's like, I know how to read the news. You know, I, I just don't need 
so I just started muting a lot of muting and blocking, not blocking. I don't care about blocking, but it's like just right. I stopped, started unfollowing. You know, it's kind of that Marie Kondo, you know, people who weren't bringing me joy. <laughs> I, I took them out of my just hate scrolling. This uh, is the first time we've ever had anybody reference Marie Kondo. So I like that a lot. Hey, well, then no, the prophecy was, is fulfilled. We've, we've we're done, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and so saith Christian Finnegan. Um, yeah, it's I, I agree with you there. And I, I, I think as of the last maybe during the pandemic, this kind of happened to me because I was, you know, still. I'm still heavy into social media, but I think it's more like I figured out what I need to do and get off of it. Like, I, okay, I, I need to market my, or whatever the fuck I need yep, to do. Right. Yep. Um, but I, I feel like I kind of broke away from it a little bit during the pandemic because it just seemed, I just, you know, I found out a bunch of accounts that were like supposedly activism accounts or whatever the hell they were, you know, when all the shit was going on, we're making money left and right. Or they were, I'm sure you've had this yeah. happen to you where they the curate your material. And all that. Yeah. 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 And I yeah. like found my stuff on T, you know, or, or like posts that I was making. And I was like, what is that about? And then I was kind of angry that I wasn't seeing any. And I was like, but I, you know what I mean? You were like, yeah. oh, I've made a really good point. I'm glad it's getting out there. And then I was like, this guy's making fucking T-shirts. And then I yeah, was like, I mean, you know, you know and, and this is the, you know, we've been trained. And I feel specific when I say we, I mean, people younger than me, even more so. Mm. We've been trained to think of like, oh, my God, I had uh, I wrote a tweet that got, you know, 5000 retweets that that is somehow a form of payment. Right. Do you know what I mean? That there's a currency there. And no one loves that more than the people who actually control the money. Oh <laughs> Do you know God. what I mean? It's like, so if I can convince all you idiots to, to put value in the retweet economy yeah. or, you know, then, then therefore I will keep the actual dollars. <laughs> 100%. So. Man. I don't know if you've gotten the invite yet that Instagram threw out there. Are you making, uh, you don't even have to say, answer this question if you don't want to, but uh, are you making money off of reels yet? Dude, I'm, I don't even do Instagram. I, I, oh, that's smart. I'm the worst. When, when I had my, when my special came out in October, I hired a woman to help me get on Instagram. So I, I, I really am the worst. I'm mm. the worst. Um, Twitter's like the only thing I can handle. But, she, and so I, I really kind of tried to get in Instagram for the first three months. And then the minute I stopped, because the whole idea is like, oh, I'll pay you for three months to kind of get me off the ground and then I'll take it you know, for myself. Right. And then the minute I stopped paying her to like stay on me about posting on Instagram, I just stopped. Yeah. It's just not, it's not for me. And I, you know, it's just one of those things where I just have to accept that, you know what, if this means that the industry, if, if the boat leaves the shore without me, then, then so be it. But I just, I can't, it's just not for me. It's just it's not funny. For me. I feel that way for about a lot of other new shit that's coming out. Like I just, mm -hmm. uh, you know, cause I don't know about you, but I've got like, I know I have my name on social media apps that I've never fucking opened or touched. Cause you'll get that notification that we're like, Hey, we want you to join our new thing and you could have <laughs> your name and we reserved it for you. And I'm like, I better do it, you know, sure. whatever. And I don't even fucking use it, but Instagram, I got an email last week that I have a new follower on Ello. <laughs> You remember Ello? <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> what poor bastard! It's hilarious to me. It's like, really? uh, okay, that's hilarious. Um, but then, but then, doesn't it fuck you up when like one of those things hits and like some idiot, you know, got like a billion views? And they're, I they're... just have to accept that that's just what it is, you know, that's, and yeah. and that. And that the reality is, is that this is kind of a tale as old as time. You know, mm -hmm. I'm sure that when I first started out, I mean, I remember very clearly when when uh, when I was on Best Week Ever, you know, when I got on those shows, the old head comedians, you know, the, the comedians who were my age, the age I'm at now, right, then would scoff at me and they'd be like, oh, you're doing oh, yeah. all of those dumb pop culture shows. And, you know, and right. I'm like, all right, whatever, buddy, I'm this is booking me gigs and this is giving me a career and yeah. scoff at it as much as you like. And so now I'm in that position and I have to just it just doesn't I don't speak that language fluently. I, right. I always feel like a dad trying to rap when I try to, you know, <laughs> do like TikTok or Instagram. I just haven't. Maybe someday I'll find my in and I'll find some little corner of it that that feels right for me. But every yeah. time I just feel like I'm I'm trying to speak a, like I'm I'm in that that nightmare where you're in the school play and you don't know your lines. Absolutely. TikTok is horrendous because it's like I uh, again, this is one of those things that like I posted a video and I did that thing where like, which I, I used to shit on too, but like I posted like a heckler clip uh -huh. yeah. and then it was, um, which I, I really, you know, was, I was like this, I fucking hate myself for doing this, it's but it was like, comedy. yeah, it totally, yeah, oh God. It's, it <laughs> I was, mean, you know, yeah. yeah, no, you're right. It's like, it's just one them. of them. Yeah, me too. I know. Yeah. 
And I'm like, uh, but it was like a, right before the pandemic hit. So I was in this club in Michigan and there was like full blown Trump supporters were there and they, and it broke out like got 15 minutes left in my set. It's the last show and uh, tables just start chanting USA Trump. So because I mentioned, I didn't even get to the joke. I just mentioned his name. Yeah. And it was like ridiculous. And you can just, so, we can see on your face that you're not one of us like that right. kind of deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, shit. Um, so I was like, all right, whatever. So, you know, we go back and forth. I posted on TikTok out of the blue million views. And mm -hmm. I'm like, this is great. And then I was like, oh, yay. Something good came out of, you know, sitting at home and fucking around with a video. And then like uh, maybe the next video did like whatever. And then I realized if I didn't post the same fucking thing or like, you know, something yeah. similar to that, because all those people that came for that want just that. Yeah. And I didn't want to. And I was like, what about here's me juggling? And they were like, fuck you, dude. We don't want that shit. You know what I mean? Like, or <laughs> yeah. like, yeah. look at me being clever. And they were like, yeah. nope, nope. We wanted. And it's like they feel I, I mean, I, I again, this sounds like a very old guy thing to say, but mm. But why can't the comedy be the comedy and the online be the online? You know what I mean? I mean? It, it's it's I don't you know, when when some random person responds to me on Twitter or, or tweet something that I disagree with or whatever, it's like I don't be like, hey, man, stick with selling shoes, you, you know, or, or <laughs> like, why aren't you selling me shoes right now? It's like, right. This is a separate forum that we're all kind of just hanging. And I get that, you know, it has to be people have to do their promoting and all that. Mm -hmm. But it's it, it's very strange that people feel just entitled to your free work now yes. and that it should, you know, on the hope that maybe just maybe if you entertain them enough that maybe they'll come see you live once. Right. Yeah, maybe. I, I know. And that's the thing. I is, Do you find that hard to shake off? Because I kind of did where I was like, you know what? I really because because I don't think it, I don't think it the, the the at a certain level, by the way, too, like especially where I am, I don't think it outweighs the creativity. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I should be worried about like whether somebody's going to see me because that's a business model that doesn't necessarily apply to me because I'm not like, uh, I'm not at the point where like you're a Chappelle or somebody like that, where you can literally just say whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Right. Consequences be damned. And I'm not even like a below that where they've got this presence, you know, that you can't shake it. So you can't say anything. So, you know what I mean? So it doesn't, I'm not even, I'm just floating. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, know, I, 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 I kind of stopped trying to figure it out. And, you know, uh, I just said like, you know what, I'm just going to do what feels natural and whatever yeah. shakes out from it, shakes out from it. And the answer is uh, a slow decline in your career prospects. That's what, that's how it shakes <laughs> out, which is, uh, and then it cut to us talking on this show. You've never heard of. There you uh, go. <laughs> see, it's all, it all, it's all coming together. <laughs> I love it, man. Uh, you so you know what? I've read something about you because I tried to do some homework. Um, and you went to performing arts high school uh, for two years, my junior and senior high school. Yeah. Did that? Let me ask you this, because that's one of those things that I feel like because I started doing stand up when I was 20. I just went to, you know, regular high school, like public school, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think in my head, it was always in the back of my mind, like cause I knew a couple people who kind of did that stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you think it benefited you to, to have that? Um, it benefited me as a human being a lot. Mm. Um, nice. I mean, it's hard to say, to argue in the, to argue a false, you know, like, I don't know what would have happened otherwise. Part, right. I, I would say that a lot of the reason that I went didn't have so much to do with the arts at the time. Like I, I had kind of a, without being too, I, I kind of had a weird family situation and uh, my, my, my mother was mentally ill and we weren't getting along and my dad was trying to help me get out of the house. Right. Uh, and so that and I knew a couple of people who had gone to the school. Mm -hmm. And so there were life reasons that sort of uh, went alongside the artistic stuff, you know, okay. but I mean, it, but it also it saved it. It totally changed my life. And still the, the two years of my life that I think about the most, certainly like it was all it's a very small school, but it was like. I, I would always say that the school was comprised of uh, prodigies and fuck ups. <laughs> like it, it was like Taiwan's best cellist under the age of 18 and also Keith, you know, who got kicked out of three boarding schools. So I guess that right. means he's a painter like that kind of deal. <laughs> um, and so it was a lot of goth kids like a it's funny okay. because a lot of the, the LGBTQ debates, the pronoun stuff. Yeah. Uh, that was the kind of stuff that was going on in my high school back in mm. 90, 1990. Um, not necessarily pronouns specifically, but like non-binary kids and, and kids who were maybe 
pretending to be bisexual just because they felt like it was artistic, <laughs> you know, like a lot yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. A lot of a lot of black lipstick and chokers and uh, right. smoking clove cigarettes and fingerless gloves and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, I, I loved it. I mean, I, I went from feeling like the weirdest kid at my public school to feeling like the most normal kid. At oh, that that's school. great. So. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been, I, I think, I, I don't know. I think it would have been kind of nice. I think like, uh, I don't even think for like two years, man, like it's even bad to have somebody go there for even a year, like take like a freshman year and then just go, Hey, you know what, this is what this is like. And then you can go. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean, it really, I loved it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was great. And it was back before the internet, like literally before, I mean, before the mass internet, certainly. Yeah. And, so, I mean, I got so much done. I had my brother word processor that I would go home and I would, I was a double major. I was an acting and creative writing major and I would oh, nice. go home and, and write my shitty high school poetry every night, and, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and, uh, try to get my girlfriend to not kill herself. That was what my high school experience. I mean, it was oh, that yeah. kind of thing. It was like right, self cutters, yeah. the whole, oh, the yeah. whole deal. You know. yeah, yeah, I know. And you know, what's crazy. It's like, those were always the most interesting. Like, I always kind of wonder where those people are like that. I met who are like that, where I'm like, man, I wonder if they're doing it. Like, sometimes it'll just pop into my head when I'm driving. I'm like, what are so-and-so is doing? All right. Did they make yeah, it? Yeah, I've done. They're... I've done some searching. There was that, that particular woman. I haven't I haven't caught up with her in probably 15 years, but she like was married and had a couple kids. So, mm. you know, and then you always wonder, like, what are they telling their kids? Yes. Like when their kids are in high school, right. <laughs> you know, that's a good uh, question. I, we, my friend and I were just reminiscing about that. We were talking about a guy that we knew in high school. And I was always like, I always thought it was kind of funny because, you know, I'm out, I was always kind of outgoing and, you know, like to go to my friend's parties and shit like that. And I'd be trying to get a girl and I would be like, you know, you're basically juggling fire. You're trying to impress him, whatever. And the, the dude who was always sad as shit underneath the pool table listening to his cd player at a party they were always like he's so mysterious i'm like he's yeah, fucking yeah. boring as shit like what <laughs> you know i'm like doing yeah. tricks and cracking up my head and it didn't matter man they love people like that and i, oh, and I yeah. was thinking like what happened to him i wonder if he's still under a pool table somewhere it could be oh he's probably some hedge fund manager now i don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who knows <laughs> and like yeah exactly yeah oh that's always sad uh, you mentioned acting, though. Did you was that like your first pat? Like, because I'm sure I'm assuming comedy wasn't your first passion. No, I uh, I hated comedy. Like, I think on oh. some level, probably because I secretly wanted to do it. Like, okay. maybe I had some issues with it. But I think because I was I can I fancied myself such an artsy fartsy kid mm. that I like. And also when I was growing up, I mean, I'm 49. And when I when I was growing up, it was kind of that that comedy boom era where comedy could not have been cornier. You know, it was very yeah. much that sort of purple blazer with the slaves sleeves pushed up, you know, I don't mean to call him out specifically, but like Richard, no, no, Jenny, yeah. like people like that, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. That and to me, that was just so patently uncool. <laughs> like mm -hmm. it seemed so uncool to me. Yeah. And, and so I really, it didn't even could occur to me to do stand up. Um, but I, I was, you know, I was in like the, the school plays in junior high and high school and stuff. And so I, I went to the school as an actor mm. and then in high school, I kind of started thinking about writing and then I went to college and I was an acting student, but then switched to playwriting halfway through. And nice. then after college, I worked in publishing for a couple of years and I thought I was going to be like a novelist, but I don't have the attention span. I don't <laughs> write. I'm right. I wanted to be a writer, but I didn't want to write. Yep. And uh, which is the truth of 80% of writers. <laughs> and so it was kind of only then that I started thinking about doing stand up because it was first of all, I was living in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And at the time, there was this sort of hip alternative performance scene mm. that was much looser than what I thought of a stand up. Like you could get up and talk about anything. And, you know, and, and there were these venues that you'd, there'd be like a comedian followed by a performance poet and the slam poetry scene and right. followed by a dominatrix. And like it was very <laughs> edgy and cool and in my mind. And so. I kind of got into comedy just because it was a combination like you were writing, but mm -hmm. like not a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. where you could. And I, I did like performing. I missed performing. So it was kind of a nice combination of the two. Nice. Did you find like similarities between uh, the people that you knew at the performing arts high school and then that kind of group that you for sure comfortable? Oh, for that's sure. Because cool. it sounded yeah, like it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've always tried to surround myself with people more interesting than me. Mm. Um, which is not difficult because I'm a very, <laughs> really not a very interesting person. I, I think that that is also one of the things that brought me to New York too, uh, 
is that I think that a lot of people move to New York because it's almost like a substitute for developing developing a personality mm-hmm. that it's like, I'm a New Yorker, you know, yes. and, and and life kind of happens to you. And right. So you don't have to sort of create any sort of sense of self. It's yeah. like yourself is made because you have a shitty apartment and there's rats and whatever. And so you kind of forge a persona against your will almost. Right. It's kind of funny what you what can happen when you let people just kind of assume who you are. And then you're like, I'm comfortable with them thinking this and then when they get a little too out of control you're like not so much that you know oh, yeah. <laughs> like yeah i've always been like like whatever somebody says i am i'm like no i'm actually this and they'll be like oh so yeah. you're this i was like no i'm actually that you know right uh it's it's a very yeah it's a I've very had friends who like anything yeah it totally is and i've had friends who who literally only understand the world by when they can put people in boxes and i know like somebody like I'll, I'll run into them or whatever and they're like oh yeah you uh you don't like blah 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 whatever it is i'm like that was 15 years ago dude i've developed a taste <laughs> for sushi yeah you know i mean? try like, to remind myself of that every once in a while like when i was kind of <clears throat> on tv a lot uh more uh or at all but um <laughs> i would get emails from people i went to high school or junior high mm-hmm. or you know that they were my neighborhood when i was 10 years old or whatever right and I'll just be like, dude, you are such a dick to me. Like you are such a dick. And now you're expecting that we're going to be like friends. But then I try yeah. to remind myself, it's like the dude was 12. Yeah. Now yeah. he's 35. <laughs> like yep. I've changed. Let's maybe assume that maybe he has as well. I know. But... I feel like that's really fair. I've done the same thing too. We're like, and I've even gone, have you gone back? And like, I've told my friends, like, I'm like, you're never going to leave you fucking message me. And I'll say the name and they're kind of even removed from it, And they're like, Who's that again? I'm like, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> like, like, oh, clearly this person didn't like, b- you know, dig a scar into your soul the yeah, way he did exactly. me. <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I just thought maybe it'd ring a bell to you. And then I fucking walk away. Yeah. I, I only have a couple of uh, two or three good friends from my like childhood, childhood. Mm. And one of them is in like a Facebook music group, you know, Uh-oh. where they just kind of they talk about music and stuff like Uh-oh. that. And and he told me one of the guys that was in it, I was like, that motherfucker, are you kidding me? That dude like instigated a fight between me and so-and-so and I was eight years old. And, and in my <laughs> mind, there's no way this guy could have anything valid to say about music. There's no right. way. There's right. no way this guy could have good taste in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> like right. that's of, of course. course absurd and it's absurd mentality. But yeah, it's weird. They have no other like. life than what they've done to you. They're like, yes, this was it. it the, they stopped, stopped growing the minute they left your purview and they are that's fixed great. in amber. Yeah. And you have evolved. <laughs> yes, exactly. Absolutely. That's that's I feel like that's fair. I feel yeah. like anybody that scorned you should automatically stop evolving. Absolutely. Um, so what was the trajectory then from doing all that kind of like so you're in the clubs and you were doing what you loved there? Because I feel like there's a tendency when you're in that kind of environment and you're really comfortable to want to stay in it. But it seems like you branched out of that. Uh, I mean, from that, like the the weirdo scene, like the weirdo the, scene. You... Yeah, because you, I think you did kind of do that, right? I did. I mean, yeah. I never really like I, I kind of said like I always felt a bit like a square amongst those people, you okay. know, that, that I was never really like I didn't do drugs or yeah, anything. Same. You know, I didn't even smoke pot until my mid 30s. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't and I wasn't I didn't I couldn't hang in that yeah. sense. And um, I just was not that hip. I liked being around them, but I was not one of them. Um, yeah. And also a lot of those people in my defense a lot of the people that were sort of in that scene, they really were more about the scene than they were about the art, you know, that, that it right. was kind of more about the hang, you know, yep. like when I, I started in there at this place called surf reality, which is in the lower East, uh, lower East side. Mm-hmm. And it was a real scene. Like there was a real culture there. And for a lot of people, it was like church, but for non-religious people, you know, gotcha. and it was the same reason that people go to church is to kind of like, see who's wearing what and who's dating who and you know and, and to gossip and, and all that yeah. and there was a part of me was like no i actually kind of want to get good at this and i would like to do stand up for a living like i didn't right. want to temp forever you know yeah what was the but, thing that made you get because i know you said uh, obviously a novel we both know is way different than stand-up but was there still the same kind of um apprehension about writing material or having to write an hour like did how did you think of it or outthink it no you know it? i i've always I mean, I, that's the, the greatest thing about comedy is that you can just write like little chunks and mm-hmm. eventually it'll get to an hour. And, yep. you know, I mean, I, I've always envied like one liner comics like Mike Kaplan, who's like a hilarious so dude. Good. And yeah, absolutely. and, uh, you know, Dimitri Martin and people like that. Mitch yep. Hedberg. 
I, you know, I was like, oh man, that must be such a fucking breeze. But it's like, I just do my 30 favorite one liners, mm-hmm. you know, or my yep. 80 favorite one liners. Uh, I always have had a little bit more of a narrative to what I do, but it's still not the same as like going off into a room for 15 months and writing something and then just presenting it. You know, you still get to try out little chunks and, you know, even, you know, if you write something, you can, if you have a set that night, you can try it that night and you can get at least an idea of whether the premise has legs, even if the joke isn't ready, you know, and and there's something very for someone who, who has attention span issues. It's a great way to oh god consider yourself an artist. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got it. I mean, I, I've never I feel like I'm one of those people who and I don't like self-diagnosing, so I never say it like a lot or whatever. But I'm pretty sure if anybody threw me in something when I was a kid, they would have been like, yeah, he's got fucking ADD and they would yeah. put me on meds and stuff. But I do like that. I kind of figured out how to cope with it to, to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying people shouldn't be on meds or whatever, but I'm just saying, like, you know, it, it feels like wherever I am naturally. But I do have the. Like, I know immediately when I'm going off in a la-la land, and I'm like, uh, nothing's going to get fucking done. Um, yeah, you know, it and happens to me every yeah. night now. <laughs> like, oh, I, dude. I yeah. feel like it's gotten worse for me in the past six or seven years. That it yeah. had, I don't know if that's a, a midlife thing or the uh, the the frequency of my marijuana use uh, yeah. or what. But, no, I'm so um, glad you said that because I thought that I was alone in that. It get, like, I was like, I, I keep thinking randomly and I ask no one. I'm like, does it just does this shit just get worse when you're older? Because I feel like I used to be able to chill the fuck out at some point and like, you know, whatever. But no, man, I can't sleep. Um, yeah, I, I do think that social media has a lot to do with it because it's kind of trained our brains to sort of be constantly occupied, but never fulfilled. You know what I mean? It's, it's, um, it's this weird, you know, I've used this metaphor before, like there was a kid when I was in fifth grade or whatever, who would, you know, sit at lunch with me sometime and sort of as a gag, he would act like it was just something he liked, but I think he was just doing it to entertain people. He Mm -hmm. would take all the food on his tray and mix it together in like a big goulash, like, you know, Salisbury steak and ice cream and whatever, you know, apple cobbler. Like it was just all being a big swirl and he would eat it and people would be like, ew, ew. He'd be like, it's all going the same place. Like that was his big line. (laughs) And I feel like that's what like Twitter is like where you're, you're, it's, it's, uh, the, 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 the environment is getting destroyed yeah somebody's funny joke about spoons a cute <laughs> picture of a dog my mom just died like yeah. it's all of these things kind of swirled together and it 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 doesn't have a taste it just has this <laughs> gross blankness that's, mm. that we're always eating but we're never full you oh know my God. that's great that is fucking perfect yeah and it makes me feel even worse now that I've spent time on <laughs> after you put yeah. it perfectly like that. You're like, oh, I, I literally God. the second I get off this, I'll be checking Twitter like the second I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, no, I know. And the, the same thing with me with Instagram. You know what I noticed, too, is like I'll go through phases or periods where somebody for no apparent reason will catch my eye and annoy the shit out of me on one of those platforms and not like in a political way or their opinion way. I'm just like, I'm so sick of seeing your fucking face. Like, <laughs> I don't know them personally <laughs> and yep, yep. Or whatever it is. And then I. I just, but I did this thing where I was like, I'm just going to unfollow them or mute them. And then I realized like months went by and I forgot that that person fucking existed. And I was like, wow. Yeah. And, and then I thought about people who genuinely hate that person. And I'm like, how much time are you wasting? If you just, if you just unfo- like, you're actually following the thing you hate. Oh yeah. I mean, and there's a you lot doing? of that. Yeah. yeah. That I've never understood. Like people who would follow Trump or follow some yeah. Ted Cruz or whatever. Like why? Right. Why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. Anything that's relevant to your life will bubble up. Like you don't need to seek that out. Like there's yeah, no yeah. <laughs> reason to, you know, I mean, unless you're literally doing sort of political work, you know, or you're a journalist or something, there's just no reason to follow. Pe- I, and I've also, and again, this has not just become Twitter gripe hour, but, uh, you know, this idea <laughs> like, oh, so-and-so blocked me. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. No. Why do I care? Right. Why do I care who pissed who you pissed off? Like, it's just not, it's of no interest to me. You'll love this. Over the pandemic, I had people who would, and I thought this was the weirdest fucking thing too. They would DM me, people I knew who were not in the show business, not in Santa whatever, and would tell me they were unfollowing me. And, and I would be like, <laughs> and I was like, what? And they'd be like, I just, you know, one of them was like, you know, I just feel like I'm trying to not um, follow or like be aware of too many, too many politics. And I know you post a lot. 
Um, so I'm just unfollowing you, but you can still follow me. And I'm like, you know, if you just did that, I would have no fucking clue. Yeah. We're all <laughs> so convinced that people are, are just completely on top of, of yeah. in comedians are of course the worst Like comedians are always like, well, I can't do that same material. I did that material when I was here three months ago. Nobody remembers, dude. Nobody. Yeah. Nobody, nobody, nobody cares. cares. Yeah. Nobody, nobody memorized your stuff. Oh God. <laughs> when I was younger and I started out doing stand-up, man, I thought that people were going to remember when I sucked. And then I realized no one like because I I don't know if you were the same way, but like when when I when I was younger and I was starting out like the first year and I would bomb in front of like 200 people, I'd be like, man, those 200 people fucking hate me. And then you find out that they don't know you, they don't care. Uh, You're gonna go back, yeah. And even the club owners, like you know, or, or people like that, like they just very rarely remember you. They very rarely remember, and you know. And especially at a club in six months, it's going to be a new group of people making decisions yeah. anyway. So why oh God, yeah, absolutely. get upset about it? I was one of those people who I thoroughly enjoyed watching uh, certain clubs just die out during the pandemic. Like <laughs> I was in heaven. Dude. Any and club I was... specifically that you want to mention? Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. I'll Okay. Can I? T- so I don't even know if my producer watched it, but he'll always be like, do not please, for the love of God, John, do not mention names. I'm always that guy who's like rattling <laughs> off. I'm like, fuck it. Burn them. Burn the bridges. I don't care. Um, and uh, I think Wait, where are you motto- based, by the way? I'm in New Jersey right now. Yeah, I was, okay. I, yeah, I was. I'm born in born in Brooklyn. Uh, grew up kind of in New Jersey, and then moved out to LA for a little bit. Came back during the pandemic, kind yeah. of thing. So now I'm fucking here, um, <laughs> which isn't you know, it's all right. It's fine. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate. I'm like, well, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a bunch of club owners stuff like that, and I just kept thinking like, well, you know what? I don't mind if I burn a bridge because I can swim. That was my whole motto <laughs> during the whole thing. I was like, yeah, I don't really care because I, I felt like I really wanted this to be one of those one of those eye opening things where maybe even certain comedians would realize it or we would just realize it as a group. Like, dude, these are just rented spaces with chairs in them, and yes. without us, without musicians, there's nothing to sell or see there. And I was really hoping we'd kind of. You know, no, I mean, there's always, you know, every every 10 years, there's some uh, movement to unionize comedians, yes. you know, or so, um, which is hilarious to me that that Tom Shalhoub used to be like the main one of the main guys to try yeah. to make that happen. And now he's like, <laughs> so not a like he's the opposite of anything unionized. Uh, but it's crazy to me, too. Yeah. yeah but I went uh, on a show on Fox and I was like, um because I, I met him a long, I'd met him. A I've, long known time him ago. I've known oh, him forever. Oh, have you? Yeah, and uh, and he's he he's still like just an incredibly gifted storyteller. He's hilarious. Totally. He's so yep. funny. But I don't know what happened to him, and well, I do know what happened to him. But uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he was always kind of that guy under the surface. But right. um, I still love him though in a weird way. But yeah, anyway, sure. I. Uh, but anyway, there, there, every ten years or so, there's like you know we got to start a comedians union, and it always fizzles. Yeah, because first of all. There's no accreditation. Like there's right. no nobody gets their comedian card, you know. So the, the how you know Todd Barry is a comedian and also the guy who's been doing open mics for three months is a comedian. Right. And how do you tell one of them that they're not? You, you know what I mean? Yep. And and there's just always gonna it's a you know, people got into this because we're not joiners. We're not yes. we're not team players. We're we're wandering, you know, we fancy ourselves as like wandering samurai. But right. you know, yeah, uh, you know what's crazy? The ones that are, I feel like kind of suck. Like any they're, they're I mean, improv like... people. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say that I'm not saying they suck. I'm just saying it's like right. if you're if you're a funny person who's a joiner, you go into improv. If Absolutely. you're a funny person who's not a joiner, you go into stand up. Yes, no disrespect. We've had improv people yes. on the show. It's fine. There, there's a reason why improv people say like playing with each other. Right. And in comedians say working with each other. Absolutely. That's a great man. You were dropping gems tonight. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. So much science. Yeah, it's so uh, good. Uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of funny. Like, I, I don't know what we would do in that case, because I feel like even now this is a weird thing that I don't know if I'm picking up on all of a sudden or it's always been the case. But like and this may be an old man thing, too, by the way, I have no idea. So um, but I feel like a lot of the comics I see now and I'm not it's not even like a diss on them. It's just like people have really figured out the mechanics of it. I don't know. I, I really love comedians with a personality and and, you know, and I'm not saying like props. You know what I mean? I just mean yeah. like somebody who's who's got a whatever. But I see people who are in comedy like you. it used to be if you started out, you would do it because you just were so unsure of yourself that you had a certain cadence and it mimicked yeah. like a lot of things. Sure. Now, I just feel like that is the standard. And I think it's kind of shaped the way the audience sees it, too. So when they see people that's kind of out of the box, they don't know what to do with them. 
Like, does that make yeah. sense to you? Like, where you're like, oh, I don't, no, 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 you're supposed to speak rhythmically this way the entire time, and uh, I'm supposed to know when to laugh because your pause tells me to laugh here. You know what I mean? You know, it, it's funny because, you know, my, my wife owns a venue, uh, QED Astoria, which is- in, I love uh, QED. I didn't know your oh, wife yeah, owned that. Oh, yeah, my wife is the owner. Yeah, that's why- Holy shit, I'm so my, my special, Show Your Work, is shot in the backyard. It was shot there during the pandemic. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I did not make that. No, I'm so right. stupid. Um, but, but yeah, so we've, I mean, it's technically we own it. It's our money. It's her place, you know? Okay, gotcha. Uh, yeah. Like I tell people that she's the mom and I'm like the dad who could, I'm like the stepdad who can take you to McDonald's. <laughs> like that's my <laughs> level of responsibility there. But, you know, because most of the shows at QED are produced by outside producers, but there mm -hmm. are the, the Friday and Saturday night main shows QED presents are booked by QED. And so, you know, she has to look at tapes of people and sometimes she'll send me links and say, hey, what do you think of this comic or whatever? And it's always hard because on the one hand, sometimes you'll you'll see a young comic and you can tell that there's something interesting and special there, but they just haven't figured out how to perform yet. They haven't right. figured out how to put it together in a way that's going to like do well. Right. And then you, other times you'll get a clip of somebody and it'll just kind of be like, well, this is kind of wrote and but i know they'll do well like i yes. know they'll do well i know that they're, they're solid you know they've got yeah. bits they've got you know and so it's hard to sort of find that medium because you want to be encouraging to to the the, the weirdo and the the the, the strange sure. guy or the young woman who hasn't really quite found it yet right you want to be encouraging but at the same time you also have to like have people be happy when they leave you know yeah, and so yeah, yeah, trying to find that medium is always a challenge Definitely. And if they're bombing, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those one of those weird things. But yeah, you're right. Like, and I feel like it's almost the same way, or I hope it's not continuing like that with music where you're like, man, if Dylan went on the voice, they would throw him out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're like, I, I hope we're not missing those chunks of like really cool. I mean, we're not. I feel like people flow to the surface if they're really great. Well, and no I think what. that one of the nice one of the the upsides of our current landscape is that there are so many ways to if you have like a hundred thousand Twitter followers, clubs mm. are going to book you regardless. Yeah. And so it is possible. And, you know, you see a lot of these um, what I guess you would call character comedians, like where they're not stand ups, but they're comedians who kind of started doing that straight to camera. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, like Meg Stalter, you know, or yeah. uh, people like that. Carrie O'Donnell, you know, uh, mm -hmm. who are hilarious. But who knows whether they would have been able to bubble up in when I was coming up, because what would be the forum for that? Right. They'd have to put on some character sketch show that nobody would come to see. You know what I mean? Whereas yeah. with this, they've managed to. So, I mean, there are upsides to it. It's yeah. just um, it's always going to help some people and hurt other people. Absolutely. And the cool thing is, is like, I mean, I've noticed even I started in 2005. I was like 20. Um, and then it was still like the. I don't know. I don't even want to say the old guard necessarily, but like there was a lot of people that were floating around who I guess, you know, never moved up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of that. There was just a lot. Of, I remember sure. there being a lot of people who were older than me, um, you know, especially in the, on the Jersey scene too, like that kind of a thing. And yeah. then um, not so many people my age or there were, or if it was, it was like this bringer shit, which I didn't, mm -hmm. I thankfully fucking didn't do that long with somebody snagged me and took me on the road. Um, but like, there's now I, I think it's cool because I have a lot of other friends who are younger in comic comedy and they're in their twenties. They've all got these venues and shit. Like they're all over the place. Like the bringer shit, I'm pretty sure it's just done with. You um, know, I mean, when I started, you had to do the bringers because the only way you could get a tape. That yep. was literally oh, the like. Absolutely. I don't know if you're how much. If you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 37. Okay, so yeah, you're you're still probably behind where the, when when I used to when I started comedy, you would have to go do a bringer show at the old Gotham, not even the current Gotham. The, the oh, old I remember one that one that used to exist. That's and this guy right? named Peter Klusman, he was the, the guy who would mm -hmm. videotape shows and he would have his giant camera there. And then a week after the bringer show, you would have to go to his weird, creepy back room that was like in the back of a nail salon. And right. you would have to sit there while for 40 minutes he like dubbed your tape. Wow. And that was like just and so there was so much riding on you getting a good bringer show tape. Right. And because, you know, I had to drag all your friends there and all that crap. Th I mean, thankfully, that is a vestige of the past. Like, I really don't. The, yeah. the people who are doing bringer shows now are just just literally just being conned because they need the ego rush of feeling like they're doing a real comedy show. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And that's the thing. Cool thing too, is like now I see people's tapes are better than their standup and I can't even admonish them for it because I'm just like, 
that's not, you know, like, what are you going to do? Like your post, everybody says you're supposed to post shit on reels. You get stuff out there. It's quick edits. It's like a minute thing. But yeah. I, I always get jealous because I'm like, it took me a while to get like, just buy a fucking camera. Cause yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't quick on the uptake there where I was just mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll just film it real quick. And you know, whatever. And then I saw people who were like just starting like a year in and they just looked great, man. Close ups and mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. their buddies. Uh, that's the thing too. They have that community, like even more than like the standup community, they have a community of like videographers <laughs> totally. and, and creatives, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know, and they're, and they're graphic designers and shit. And I'm mm -hmm, like, my mm -hmm. God, my, you know, friends wouldn't even give me money for food. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I got none of that shit. Yeah. I mean, and I, you know, some of that, I, and I take my hat off to them because, you know, yep. I think because I kind of grew up in the sort of Gen X vibe of like trying is uncool, man. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like anybody who anybody who understands how computers work is like can't be trusted. You know, like, right. like if you if you're actually working on your career, then I'm not I don't trust you. And that has come back to bite me big time because I don't I didn't really <laughs> learn any of those skills like. Right you know, promoting and booking myself and things like that. I'm always just kind of like, I'll just do the comedy and people will find me, you know, yeah, which is oh God, just, yeah. that is not the way it works. Anymore. I know that's not the case now, but I also still have that kind of fight where I'm like, I really don't want to uh, involve. Like, I, I, li I like that, you know, we have, we have viewers and stuff like that. Hey guys, you're great. And I really appreciate everybody watching, but I do feel like I, I'm very like not good at making that connection. Like you saw that video in the beginning when I was trying to like talk, I suck at that. I suck at the one-on-one. -on -one. One. Yeah. I thought you were Ryan Seacrest reborn. <laughs> Not that he died. Uh, he, I was like, wait, did he die? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. May he rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I was like, I, I just, I'm like, I, I, know, I know I can feel it and I feel like they can feel it. So I always have to be like, guys, I know I fucking suck at that. I hope you're still tuning it. You know, whatever. But yeah, it's like, I feel like there's a part of me that's always like, no, no, no. I need to keep that distance there. I don't know why. It just innate. You know, at the end of the day, you have to live in your own skin. And that's kind of what I told myself. It's like, I can be a, a better version of me, yeah. but I'm not going to be that other dude who's just like all just alpha promoter. Like it's just, oh. it's not ever going to be me. And yeah. I'm not. And if that means that in five years I'm working at a shoe store, then so be it. I, I just, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't live like that. It just, I, I, I just doesn't work. I 100% get it. And I feel like that's a part of it that no one tells you about either is being comfortable with the fact that, yeah, you know what? Like, I feel the same way. I love doing this. I made strides doing a bunch of stuff like this. I really feel like I, I, you know, kept things moving during the pandemic too, which I'm not, I mean, I know people had yeah. their whatever, and I definitely had some, some downs or whatever, but like, I feel like everything kept going. But then I think like, well, you know what? I don't know. In a, in a few years, if it all fucking falls apart and I am kind of, like you said, selling it shit in a shoe store, I'm like, or a bungalow on the beach. I'm like, I'm all right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, cause I, I see the things that other people are doing and I don't want to do those things. Yeah. Same. I, I don't want to do it. I really don't want to spend my day, uh, doing graphic design and, and, you know, and, and, uh, putting titles on things. Like I, I should, yeah. but I just don't want to. And life is about choices. And yep. so, no, I hear it. And the other thing, too, is like I definitely had a period during the pandemic where I was like, maybe I don't like because I, I really do love doing comedy. I'm in like the same way you do, too. And I love telling jokes and like the whole process. And then the pandemic hit and there were people fighting, you know, the the obvious, you know, that we were in a pandemic and yeah. they were just kind of, you know, putting out bullshit or they were like, you know, performing on trucks or outside of gyms. And I didn't I was like, I don't like we're in a fucking pandemic. And then I was like, maybe I don't love it. I really had a like question where I was like, no, that's a mental illness. <laughs> but uh, but <laughs> no, I mean, because and obviously, I mean, I've been part of that, too. You know, during the pandemic, you know, QED, we started doing shows in the backyard just because, mm -hmm. you know, we had this venue and we're paying. Yeah. Rent and, and, you know, at the time there wasn't we didn't know if there's any money coming or anything like that. Absolutely. And and uh, but I remember talking to I think it was Nathan McIntosh, uh, who's hilarious. I don't know, but uh, and it, he's younger than me. And so I think he kind of had just realized you know, he, we were, it was in the summer of 2020. So we had probably three or four months into the pandemic at that point. And he was like, you know what? I realized like, you can take a few weeks off, yeah. you know, like, like <laughs> you have this in your head that like, well, I'm not a comic. If I don't do, if I, if I go five days without a set that that means I'm not a comic anymore. It's like, yeah, trust me, you can, yeah. you can, you can do other things. Exactly. It'll be fine. You'll be a rusty for a set or two. Right. It'll be yeah. fine. Go yeah. live Tal a life. You'll Talent be a better doesn't comic. fully rust. We get a little yes. shit on it and we're like, oh, whatever. But I, you know, yeah. 
Yeah. And also and I, it's and like, you know, ha- go live a life, have things to write about. I mean, yeah. you started, you started when you were 20, which is, I, I didn't start till I was 24. Nice. And, um, but you, you know, you, sometimes you'll meet those comics who started when they were 17 mm-hmm. and they have nothing to say because yeah. they've never lived a life. You know what I mean? Like they've never had a job. Like they've never, and I'm not, not I'm painting with a broad brush, of course, sure, yeah. but it's just like, you know, go do other things, you yeah. know, have relationships, oh, have God. hobbies, <laughs> you know, like don't just live at open mics 24 hours a day. Absolutely, but. man. I know exactly what you mean. And I, I'm glad I, because I had that decision too. It was one of those things where I was like, I could have moved into New York. Um, which is what everybody was supposed to do if you were doing a stand-up. Like that's, you know, you know how it is. Yeah. That's where they tell you to go. Sure. Um, but the other thing was like, I had an apartment already because I'd already been kind of working and then I started doing stand-up and then I, you know, lived with my best friend and I had a social life and all my friends were there and I loved where I lived. I was, I moved out when I was young and I loved yeah. where I lived. And uh, I was like, man, I could go to New York and suffer and, and probably, you know, do this mm-hmm. thing. I'm like, or I could just travel into the city. Which I know made me like I know that it made me kind of like an outsider for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because I'd it has its, yeah. I mean, there there's prices you pay exactly, sure. and that's fine. And that was like one of those things. But I really appreciated having all that time to like you know have all those experiences and and you know yeah. Again, I felt very lucky because I went to college in the city, and so nice. I was already here, oh, and so I never had to have that feeling of like, am I going to move to the city for comedy? It was just like yeah. I was already here. So yeah. yeah, no, that was that's pretty cool, man. Um, I want to ask you about your special. What was were you oh, yeah. writing this kind of thing? Um, were you writing it during the pandemic? Like when did it finally like? I had about it? half of it. Like I would say maybe of the sixty minutes, I would say probably thirty to thirty-five minutes of it was stuff that was already kind of in my road set and that was pretty honed. And then there was some stuff that was kind of in the kiln. Uh, and then there was some stuff that was kind of older bits that I really liked, but had never really found their way onto an album. And then there was probably ten or fifteen minutes that was stuff that there were a couple bits that I did in the special that I don't think I'd said out loud. (laughs) <laughs> into, oh, which is a weird way to do a special. You gotta let me know which ones. Like, uh, that was I mean, awesome. it's mostly it's the COVID stuff. You COVID know? I mean, stuff. Okay, you know, like yeah, uh, I figured. But um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was uh very much in the dog days of COVID. So they're really like people weren't even really doing a lot of outdoor shows yet. So there really weren't. I mean, it was it was very strange, kind of memorizing jokes. Yeah. Usually, I just I work on it in clubs until it sort of becomes memorized. You mm-hmm. know. Uh, it was very strange to kind of you know type it out and then memorize it like a like a play monologue. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it it uh it was kind of a of a hybrid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of it. And you know, if people haven't seen it, it's it's eighty five percent stand up and fifteen percent like a little mini documentary. Yeah. About uh trying to keep this place open during the pandemic and yeah. uh, and also just like just the crap of just playing the hand you're dealt, you know, right. and. and like it's called show your work because not only the, the place is called QED, which is Latin for I've shown my work essentially. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also like there's literally footage of me like cleaning the toilets <laughs> and taking out the garbage because that's what I do there. I mean, that's right. that's how I help my wife is my wife is kind of in charge, but I do a lot of the grunt stuff. I go buy beer and get bags of ice and shit like that. Yeah. Know? But can I tell you something that I feel like that's what makes it because like there's there's very little that differentiates specials between other specials now because everybody like yes. they're kind of coming out like cookies. But I feel like that is what makes this a special. The I comedy hope so. is great. I hope and, so. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like I wanted it to be the opposite of badass, you know, <laughs> like the because that's always the thing is like this idea of like I'm going to perform for 600 people as if that's what I do every day, yeah. which is yeah. not right, you know, and there's going to be flames in the background and an amazing set. And it's going to feel like, like, look at the badass comedian. It's like, I want it to be the opposite of that. I want it to be right. like, I am a, a time card punching, you know, uh, comedian, you know, this is trying to, to do my comedy in the situation that I've been given, you know? Yeah. That's great, man. I love it. Um, I want to thank you for coming on. You got to come back on again because I feel like there's stuff I definitely didn't uh, uh, cover with you in the hour. Thank you. Um, yeah, but it was a blast having you on. I want to ask you the three questions that we ask. Every oh, wait, guest. can I ask? Can I just mention one more thing? Yeah, just please. very quickly. I do. Uh, I, about three months ago, I started writing a newsletter uh, called New Music for Olds, uh, which is I'm, I'm sort of a music dork. And uh, a lot of my friends who kind of used to be music dorks now have kids or have jobs that they don't really have time to dig around for new shit. Mm-hmm. I do. And so uh, I write a newsletter every couple of weeks. It's just like three songs that you can check out along with some sort of comedy music related comedy and some jokes and stuff like that. 
And uh, I hope you sign up for it. It's called uh, it's new music for olds.substack.com. Awesome, dude. That is that is really fucking cool. I might actually sign up for that because I love I music. So. Yeah, that's great. Um, OK, so three questions. First one is um, if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, what piece of advice would you give yourself that would help you today? Hmm. Uh, just because you're good at something doesn't mean that's an excuse to not try hard at it. Wow. Like that's... the things that you're good at are the things you should try hardest at. Absolutely. That's on point. Um, second thing is what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Um, boy. Uh, boy, uh, good or bad. Uh, what had that led me to where I was? I think that my wife basically had to convince me that being single did not somehow make me cool. Like oh. that, that, that I think I needed my wife to sort of convince me that having a long-term relationship wasn't like the end of something. It was actually the beginning of something. Wow. That, that actually cut kind of deep here. <laughs> like that, that, that's going to fuck me up for, for at least, <laughs> at least a couple weeks. <laughs> I'm already struggling as it is with that kind of shit. And I'm just like, fucking Christian Finnegan. Holy shit. All right. Cool. We just think of all the time I wasted time I wasted oh, in my twenties regarding like getting laid or trying to get laid or whatever. Yeah. And just how much better I could have used that time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that's that. Wow. All right. I'm going to have to reassess. Some shit. <laughs> um, and uh, so the last question ties into the show. If this was a genuine dystopia, more so than it is now, like if you were, you know, if there was aliens, whatever your choice is, aliens, zombies, mm -hmm. a comet heading toward Earth, uh, climate change, whatever it is, everybody's last day on Earth. What would be your epic death? How would you want to go out? Uh, well, I would run towards the explosion, first of all. Um <laughs> I last thing I want to do is survive any sort of nuclear holocaust or anything like that. Like I literally my wife had, had this conversation like if like when the whole Russia Ukraine thing was starting oh, yeah. to happen we're like oh my god what if nuclear war like and I was like well we're in the right place for it because we'll be the first to go and uh all those people in Dubuque will be left to pick up the pieces. Uh so <laughs> And there goes our viewership from Dubuque. Um, <laughs> no, I'm saying you'll no, just no, you'll live in a nuclear winter and uh, yeah. enjoy it. It'll be great. They won't even know the difference. Um, dude, hang up backstage real quick. Um, it's been great talking to you. I'm just going to wrap up real quick and then Sounds I'll good. catch you a little bit. Thanks for coming on, man. Yep. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>